The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know there have been many ships found at sea with nobody aboard them except armadillos? It probably has something to do with the old mariners saying, women and children first, then men, armadillos last. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts, to unlock bonus content, and find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters two through four of Crown of Swords, book seven of The Wheel of Time. Previously, we were just catching up with some old friends. Elida is standing at the top of a big old pile of turds like, I'm the queen of all this. <laughs> While Aviaran seems to be the one actually running the show, although she's Really is just a sock puppet with a whole string of forsaken hands up her butt. Uh, Pedro Neal's brilliant stratagems come to an abrupt halt when he gets ganked by his shittiest spymaster. Not even the good one. Uh, we get to witness this bonkers bullshit battle from the last book from the losing side. And honestly, I'm pretty okay with that because it was wild. It's sort of like one of those instant replays at sports ball. You know, whatever the sports are where they have instant replays. Let's see that again. It's yes, yeah, like instant replay, except it comes out two years later. <laughs> <laughs> right. I suppose. It, yeah, there was a little bit of a delay there. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> we ended up just sitting around chilling with Perrin, who's dealing with the aftermath of said battle, and frankly, just barely holding all that shit together. Yep. Chapter two: The Butcher's Yard, icon of the ravens, because ravens eat bodies. Oh, I thought that wasn't that a symbol for the Dark One or something. That's well, what I thought it was. Both. Yeah. <laughs> it means a dark one, or just birds. <laughs> <laughs> so Perrin takes in the grim post-battlefield and the, all the graves of all the friendlies around him. Um, it's interesting seeing how he, his character has changed since the first book. Like, I would say he's got a pretty... You know, not, not every character has, like, shifted as much. Well, I know. No, yeah, kind of, yes. Some more than others, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Perrin's initial character versus his character now is... It's been a pretty... It seems like his internal shift. character has changed the least. Yes. But his external situation has changed just as much as anybody else. <laughs> That's probably true. Because yeah. he's still like, I'm just a blacksmith. I mean, so what if I just led a combined army to rescue the the, the emperor magician <laughs> that's destined to save the world and, and all that stuff and led an army of wolves and whatever? I'm just a blacksmith. <laughs> this hammer is pretty heavy. <laughs> what is the axe heavier? <laughs> <laughs> it's heavier with symbolism. <laughs> oh. I hope we get a lot more hammer and axe talk. I love it. You know, we haven't. I feel like we haven't had nearly enough hammer and axe talk this book. Like it's it's been know, all axe so it's far. Been all axe so far. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is interesting. This this tableau that they, that he's walking through here. It's very much like a wartime kind of. Um, like a brut- wartime brutality sort of thing. And I wonder right. if this is something that might have been like inspired by. I don't think there were any battlefields with this high a body count in Vietnam. I wouldn't think so. Because it was all guerrilla. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this body count is huge, right? Probably like 10,000 people died here. Yeah. It made me think more of like a civil war battle. 
or or maybe even a world war battle with like with like uh, with a cannon and, and that's true because they had like basically artillery. Yeah, yeah, that that transition period when they the tactics hadn't changed to adapt for artillery and they were charging into machine guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and the kind body of counts were just incredibly high. This is exactly what it made me think of. It's very grim. The, the battlefield is is very well described by Robert Jordan. Yeah. And uh, it's covered in, you know, a seething mass of vultures and crows and rats and whatnot. And we get a great little, like, death song from the Aiel. But I think we've heard it before. Have we? I think we've read it before, have we not? I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't specifically remember it, but, I mean, the Aiel, uh, this this is definitely like an Aiel custom, so it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I, I really like this Aiel death song. Do you think it's to the tune of Row, Row Your, Row Your Boat? Uh, Life is a dream that knows no shade. Life is a dream of pain and woe. <laughs> a dream from which we pray to wake. A dream from which we wake and go. It kind of fits, right? It kind of uh, does. In answer to your question, yes, I'm 100% certain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing it in rounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my parents like, it's so haunting. <laughs> And two other Aiel like in a little boat like canoeing by. Hello. Life is a dream that knows no shame. Life is a dream of pain and woe. Life's a dream that knows no shame. Oh, it's good. Because they don't have, you know, because the Aiel don't have water, so they'd be like doing dirt dirt kayaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they would be on the sea of kayaking. bodies, right? Because they only do it when there's after a battle or something, right? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. So blood kayaking. Oh, yeah, that's totally Aiel, right? Blood kayaking. It's like regular kayaking, but with... Yeah, in the waste, there's no rivers, so we have to kayak on blood. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, And Rand is out there among the bodies uh, looking for lady bodies. Uh, Yeah, counting them. Because keeping a list of of dead ladies in his head. Okay. Because that's like a totally normal same thing to do. Yeah. And everybody's like, is he is he crazy? And Perrin's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because when Perrin like, I think when Perrin walks up to him, he's like sitting, rocking, talking to this voice in his head, and <laughs> Perrin's like, oh man, I hope Rand's holding on to his sanity. And it's like, dude, I think that ship is long gone. <laughs> yeah. And then Rand's like, let me name uh, all, every single one of the 150 plus women who died. Yeah, just, and Perrin's like, all right, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just sure. let him do his thing. It's fine. It's, it's kind of like going to see your friend's band or whatever. You know, you can just support them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not my thing, it. but you know, it's like, yeah, I want to be there to support them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this, a bunch of times throughout these chapters, Perrin is smelling people's emotions because mm-hmm. he's good at that. And Rand has, like, two people's worth of emotions. I know. I love this. Like, we get that a lot. Th- yeah. These chapters from Perrin's perspective, uh, despite being a little, like, you know, silly, are awesome for that reason. It's like, I love his little, like, his little subtext. The things he picks up on as a result of the same thing. Yeah. Though I, I wonder, do people, do you think people really smell different based on the way that they feel? I don't think it can change that quickly, right? Because it doesn't have to do with your sweat or your hormones or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So, uh, like, just, you know, obviously it's fake and magical and all that. So, but oh, I right. wondered. Yeah, magic wolf smelling. Exactly right. But I wondered if, if in fact, Perrin is, it's not smell so much as him just, like, detecting hints of, you know, like. Yeah, well, wolves are psychic in some, exactly, some yeah. fantastic way. So I wonder if it's, like, an, an empath kind of thing that he just attributes to smell because right. uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm a wolf now. And we are setting Mazram Tame up to be something. Like, it's a long time coming, but... 
Yeah. I'm totally buying into the whole Mazarin Tame is Demandrid now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no idea who he is. He's, He's got to be Demandrid because his his smell never matches his face. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the and Robert Jordan makes a point at several different locations of saying that uh, he is slightly shorter than Rand. Yeah, right. Uh, which is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, Demandrid. Oh yeah, Demandrid's He's the jealous guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And now yeah. Mazarin Tame wants to be called like is having the his the Black Tower call him leader in. Yeah, Mahale. The old tongue, Mahale, or it could just be Michael. Wait, didn't we see he was Michael Jackson? No, no, no. it was Asmodian. Asmodian, damn. Yeah, I know. Because that could have be. been more proof right there. Mm, that's right. Mahale. I don't know how this factors in, but it's got to be important. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to connect those dots. I mean, so far they have never described Tame spinning around in a circle and then walking backwards, but looks like he's walking forward. And going, <laughs> And he's also not wearing the red jacket, but we've never seen Asmodian and Demandred in the same place at the same time. It's true. So there could actually be one less Forsaken and one of them has just been two places, like, jumping back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably what it is. It makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, Except I, we know Asmodian is dead. I mean, we think Asmodian's dead. I've never seen a body. Have you seen a body? No, I didn't. Yeah. But I mean, it did use... He used the word death <laughs> when he died. Look, he could be faking it, all right? <laughs> uh, so there's a whole bunch of factional strife among Rand's principles. Like the, the wise ones and the Aes Sedai and Mazarin Tame, like you mentioned. And the Kyrianans and the Mayaners and Perrin, who's you know his bro. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Alana actually comes and heals Rand. And they have like a moment. I don't know what that's about. Not a happy moment, though. Not a tender moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult to tell what's going on here. I mean, like, obviously, they're bonded now. We know that. But it seems as if maybe uh, the tables have turned somewhat. Like, maybe it's a, a, a function of the fact that they were bonded, but he never swore oaths. But now she's sworn an oath to him. That means that she's more like the warder than he is, if, if that makes That's sense. That's what I thought, that it's 100% turned. Because she even says, like, how can you bear living with this pain? Remember, she's feeling that pain, too. Yeah. And he forces her to heal him. So, it's, it, to me, it seemed like a scene of almost like him rubbing her face in it. Like, just to further assert his dominance. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't It didn't feel, feel as if it was something that she was upset about, though. Mm-hmm. It seemed like she might... Almost be, I don't know. I'm, it, she it, seemed kind of proud. Yeah. Did she, you think? That was the vibe I got, is that she was, because, you know, she's kind of on the outs with the other Aes Sedai about sure. this. And that made her, it seemed like she was, raised her head high for the first time there. Yeah, she, her her status among the Aes Sedai had sharply declined as a result of, like, all the kind of out, all, all the fallout. But this bond might actually be working in her favor finally right so yeah. maybe that's what it is maybe she's like maybe this wasn't such a shitty i mean it was a shitty idea but maybe it's working out in my favor in the long run sort of in yeah. that now i'm his like his best Aes Sedai. i don't know <laughs> uh but it, it is kind of like frustrating him dealing with these Aes Sedai because even though they've sworn this lo- oath of loyalty they're still doing their like double speak stuff and i like i was asking myself like even if you force them to do what you say, how do you get around Aes Sedai's, like, inherent duplicitousness, right? Like, that's yeah. a, that's really tricky. And he kind of he kind of comes up with a solution for it, a little bit, right? Well, he gives them to the wise ones. Yeah. He puts them in the wise ones' charge. He essentially says, like, per your oath, you're not allowed to do anything, like, including taking a bath without 
either getting permission from me or the wise ones. I hope he was exaggerating about that. I, I mean, because the wise ones don't take bats. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, it sounds like it sounds a little bit like a facetious thing, but he seems to say that no, no, I mean that. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I, so I don't trust the wise ones either. I think I Mm-mm. trust them maybe a little bit less than the Aes Sedai. Really? Yeah, because... The Aes Sedai are slightly less capable, I feel like. You think so? Yeah, they just keep shooting themselves in the feet trying to do this bullshit, like, I'm going to control you it's thing. True. And it just has... it. They, they just keep beating this brick wall. It's well, not going to happen. Stop I, trying to make it happen. <laughs> I, from my perspective, the wise ones are really blinkered by focusing on just the Aiel. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't care if everybody else in the whole world dies because the only thing we care about is the Aiel. But the, the Aes Sedai are on board with the whole save the world plan. See? And that's the problem with the wise ones. They, they, it seems to me like they undermine Rand's plans because they don't give a shit about what he's trying to do. I think that was true initially, but it seems as if, and this is you know just my opinion, that, that as their respect for Rand has grown as they see that he's not a, a moron, they're they're beginning to side with him more. Uh, not necessarily at the cost of the Aiel. I think you're right. I think that they still place the Aiel first. But I think that they also are, are are aligning themselves with his goals one way or another. Where I think the Aes Sedai, it feels like the Aes Sedai are still playing their, their stupid game like they think that they should have him on a leash, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, it seems yeah. like the Aes Sedai have not, are not convinced that he's not subservient to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like we'll we'll see where it goes with this, and and Rand is definitely testing the limits of the Oathic Sword just to see what see what he can get away with. I guess kind of. Yep. So Rand has a junior Ashaman guard now, yeah. which is finally something smart he does with these guys. Is get mm-hmm. some of the junior ones that to to hang out with him and be loyal to him, because you know Tame doesn't like that, not at all. He's like, no, 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 let me pick out some for you. Which was a <laughs> right? bad choice on Rand's part. It's like, why are you letting him? Well, he didn't let him. Choose. He didn't. Yeah, he he specifically like uh, Tame suggested a few people, like two or three people. And he's like, "No, I'm gonna pick that guy." And he points to like well, some yeah. random person behind him. Right oh. at, the, at this time, he's already picked out some junior guys. Right, right. And Tame's like, "No, no, take one of these senior guys." And he's like, "That guy." And like Taveran picks a guy at <laughs> random. <laughs> and it's this guy who's just like sitting, like messing with his horse, like what? Who? <laughs> okay. And that guy Narishma is wait. You mean Dashiva? No, yeah, you're right. I get those. I remember this when I first read it. I get those names. Narishma and Dashiva there, mixed up. There are a lot of names here that I have trouble keeping straight. So that guy, Dashiva, is like the worst Ashaman. <laughs> kind like of, right? Kind of chubby and clumsy and like kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this, this choice is really funny because like he, he seems so... Like not incompetent exactly because we 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 see that he's able to do some things. Well, he's he's a full ranked Ashaman, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's top level. So he's like his skills are are definitely up to par, but like yeah, he's just a he's just one of those guys who just can't seem to do anything right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because Rand picked him randomly with uh you know his Taveran powers, he's gonna be either a key to winning in the last battle or b he's a forsaken. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure about this guy. What in the next chapter we see some stuff that's like. He's got to be forsaken. But like we're running out of forsaken here. <laughs> He's actually never, tame. Never. Yeah. Shiva is tame and tame is Demandrin. <laughs> Demandrin is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is... Asmodian, right. Asmodian. Yeah. The king of pop. <laughs> Asmodian, the king of pop, right. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. 
And uh, it Tame seems bemused by this pick of Dashiva. So what does that mean? Because I, I'm sure that Tame is trying to stack the deck with loyalists to him. You oh, know? oh, absolutely, right? Because like, we, we, we should not trust Tame, regardless of whether he's forsaken or not. Even if he is exactly who he says he is, you still shouldn't trust him because he's this, like, former false dragon who's still, like, gunning for glory, yeah. right? I have no idea what Rand's plan is with him. I have no clue. I think I, Why is he still there? I think it's literally that Tame is the only person skilled and knowledgeable enough to train an army of murder wizards. I guess. Yeah. And he's he's good at it, right? These murder wizards showed up on the night. They were they were good. He yeah. is, but that just makes Tame even more frightening. I yeah. think that I think that Rand figures that whatever happens in the future, he can handle it. Or he'll have to, right? But he hasn't. Like you remember in the last book, there was that really awkward scene where Rand gives them all the name of Ashaman and like gives them little like pins and things. Yeah, it's really cute. No, they didn't like it though. Remember, like it was super awkward, and they did not think of him, Rand, as their leader at all. Yeah. Yeah, that was a painful scene. I don't like. Maybe I'm remembering it differently. I remember Tame being pissed off about it, but I didn't remember that the others were upset about so it I, exactly. I think there's another read on that, possibly, which is that Tame is making them into an army, and Rand has never led an army before. And when you assemble a bunch of soldiers and you you know do something or give them a speech or something, they don't clap. Yeah. They mm. just they just take it because that's how they've been trained to do. They yeah. just observe. Oh, okay. They're like, this is our general. That's, that's possible read. But you're right. That scene was really awkward. And it showed that Rand is not in touch with this army. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and which is which is very concerning because like I think it, in the future, he is going to depend on these uh, murder wizards to do things besides rescue him from my side, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And this is probably like super unfair and stupid, but um, it just made me think of like, if you're if a new boss arrives at the job or like the company's taken over by someone else and the boss shows up and is like, hey, we're going to be rebranded as blah, blah. And here's your cool like swag. And it doesn't change anything. Yeah. yeah. You're like, all right, sure. It's okay. Yeah. Should I just go back to my desk? <laughs> <laughs> you could have one, <laughs> one 30 minute uh, cake break yeah. as, as is mandated by your schedule. <laughs> Here's some, here's a coaster. Yeah. Have a coaster with a new company name on it. <laughs> Oh man! So in, in Hitman, they this this game I play a lot where you play a Hitman and you sneak into areas and kill people. Mm -hmm. uh, they have all these like guards, right? But for to save money, they just did all the voice lines in English. And uh, there's this one voice line where this guy goes, "Hey, Dave brought cake." Which they <laughs> say sometimes when you're dressed up as a guard and you walk past a guard who doesn't realize you're the Hitman. Uh -huh. But they do it no matter where you are. <laughs> so, and no matter what language these people are supposed to be speaking, because everybody just speaks English in this game. So you can be like penetrating an Al-Qaeda complex, <laughs> like going through caves and you like see like this Mujahideen militia guy walking by with an a AK-47 and he goes, hey, Dave brought cake. <laughs> Look, people love cake, okay? Wait. Especially Dave's cake. <laughs> Is it possible that in the Hitman, uh, within the Hitman mythology, like that's not what they're really saying? He's just like, that's what he hears? I, th I think the idea is that you're the super duper hitman who knows all the languages. So you, you represent that to the player by having everything just be in English because he can understand what they're saying. But they're still named Dave. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dave is how you translate their name. Into <laughs> right. I mean, you know, Taliban have to recruit somehow, right? Cake is great. Cake. cake. Sometimes cake. Dave brings cake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yeah. You're talking about the team. Probably yeah. chapter three. I and so Loyal's I, back. Which yeah, is nice. Yeah, Loyal's back. He was there in the battle. Just mm -hmm. killing people. Yep. Really yeah, good at killing people. With his giant axe. Because, I mean, Ogier are generally like slow moving and peace loving, but you know, I mean, they're bigger than Trollocs, right? Yeah. 
and all these people gather around and ask Perrin, like, hey, so about the Lord Dragon, is he crazy? <laughs> and Perrin's like, nope, even though he knows for a fact. Like, he's the one person other than Rand who knows for a fact that he is, because <laughs> he can smell Luz Theron taking over sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he's hung out with Rand when he's been in some of his Rand Rand moods. <laughs> he's like, it's weird that uh, Rand smells like two people at once. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rand finally comes back to camp and uh, just gives the orders. Everybody gets rounded up and time to head back to Kyrie. Yeah. Dashiva's going to do the little gateway. Yes, because he can. Yeah, yeah, this Dashiva guy, man. Gotta keep an eye on him. Chapter 3, Hill of the Golden Dawn. Icon of the Tar of Alon Flame. So they return to the region of Kyrian. Very considerate of them to open the gateway on a hill outside the city and not just right in the palace. I mean, like, shortcutting into the palace, while there would be the side effect of randomly cutting people in half, would save them a lot of trouble, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what are the odds that it's an important person you cut in half? I mean... Probably pretty low. Yeah, probably it's not that bad. You, know? you might just get a nose or a hand or something. Yeah, right? it wouldn't even kill him, right? Right. And, and they'd, they'd have a cool story. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? They've got all those ice to die with, and they could probably heal him, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know, but, <laughs> Maybe not grow the limb back, but you know, put a nice, like, a nice cover on it or something. But, but, uh, I really like this. I, I, this whole scene, I thought, was really cool order of battle stuff as the gateway opens and... Uh, it talks about how the blades of grass are, some of them are cut right down the middle because there's this, the gateway is so incredibly fine and sharp. Mm-hmm. And uh, how all the, the army units of Rands come through one at a time. Uh, it's just a really cool scene, right? I could I would just watch that scene for five minutes and I'd play, you know, or a show. super cool. It was really well described. I was a little curious about something. Why was Rand having the wagon searched? Oh... Uh, Yeah, there's a weird, at the very, near the beginning of the chapter, uh, Perrin is doing a flashback on talking to Rand, and they talk about how Rand has a coat, he's wearing a green wool coat. for clothes. Yeah, but it also said, you you would, um, the way he had had those wagons searched top to bottom yesterday and this morning, it wasn't just looking for clothes. Well, it might. I think that was it. I think he was just trying to find something that he could wear. I mean, from a political standpoint, he can't look like a, a ragamuffin when he comes marching back into the city. Sure. But okay. I, it also might be he was looking for, you know, Aes Sedai spies or whatever. Yeah. It yeah. was kind of a weird Because these were his enemies' wagons a second ago. Yeah. You, I mean, Perrin's interpretation is that Rand was looking for something nice to wear. But, like, that, you're right. That could be Perrin's not understanding what's actually happening there. Because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's not just... on perspective. <laughs> Oh, when I was a blacksmith, we wouldn't search wagons like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I always think these are funny when when Rand teleports his army somewhere. It's like, this changes military tactics entirely, right? Like, you could just pop an army down next to their city. That It doesn't matter how many yeah. people you have, whatever. And it's completely different now. Yeah. yeah. And he's got an army of guys that can do this also. Yeah. So he can send them with various different armies. Yeah, that's right. Dashiva is not even his best Ashaman, but he's just, you know, he's able yeah. to open gates. Uh, I, at this point, I noted that Aram is going to be a problem because he's like, parents like, oh, dang, we may have to kill a bunch of people to get into Kyrian. And Aram's like, yeah, we might have to kill a bunch of people to get into Kyrian. Yeah. I, I like, I don't know what's going to happen with this guy, but he is troubling. I don't think it's going to end out well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, he's the one thing he likes is killing people. The tinker who loves to kill people. <laughs> yeah. Has he? He has killed people before, right? Or is it just Trollocs? I mean, he must have been in this battle with uh, yeah, Teresky right. Rand, right? So I'm sure he killed lots of people there. 
Is there something in like Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy? There's got to be something there, right? They've got soldiers and, and no, he, He's a tinker and a soldier, but not yeah. a tailor. Well, he needs a tailor. He does need a tailor. Look at his outfit. <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, we we we, uh, we get a little bit of information about Dashiva here too. Apparently, he's like a former farmer or something. Is that? I think that's what he's, Rand says. And I, I was wondering, like, would he maybe pick Dashiva because he sees something of himself in this person? I don't think so. He doesn't seem like a very hardworking fellow. Mm-hmm. No, I suppose not. He doesn't seem like he has much to recommend him other than he can make a gateway. I mean, he's at least that good, right? Yeah. And I guess he tells it straight, sort of. <laughs> And parent says, well, at least I don't think he's crazy already. <laughs> and then we find out differently. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, too bad about that, parent. Mm-hmm. More crazy murder wizards. Yep. And um, Min's just kind of hanging around, being a yeah, squeeze. And just doing her thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. She, it, she's useful to have around because she can, you know, sometimes see, you know, pictures around people's heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe siphon off, siphon off a little bit of the crazy. Yeah. I mean, let's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they get a message from the uh, Kyrian wise ones, the ones that were left there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very informative message about the state of what's going on. It's not good news. Yeah, the Aiel are threatening to splinter if because they, they think Rand is going to kneel to the White Tower. And it's important that they don't think that. Yeah, I think that they said the, what is it called? The the bleakness? What they call yeah, it? the bleakness. It's the bleakness. The bleakness, yeah. yeah is, is Which like is actually back the in... name of my first album. <laughs> you know, for being a culture of ultimate warriors, it really doesn't take much for them to just like toss it off, right? Like they're like, oh, Rand's been gone for a while. We're all going to just like fuck off. Yeah, mm-hmm. free for all. Yeah. <laughs> Rand went for a day trip. Fuck it, we're out. And uh, the rebels are near, the, the wetlander rebels. They've sort of joined up and they yeah. showed up. That is interesting. The, uh, the hashtag resistance. <laughs> no. right. uh, and and they, up until now, they've been mostly useless, right? Like Rand is like, he's aware of them. And he's like, well, they're just yeah. sitting in the foothills. I don't so. know where this storyline is going because every time they come up, everybody who hears about it is like, yeah, well, that, that's kind of pointless. <laughs> they're not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they don't have enough of an army or enough resources. They've yeah. lost their lands, right? These are the people yeah, who they, he's like, they have no lands. lands. They have no money. They're not, they're not even very big lords. It's just sort of like. And those people are still there, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Should we send some to kill them? Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe, nah. maybe later, I guess. Yeah, sure. Not really important. Know. Yeah, low priority. Uh, Colavire has had herself coronated. Yeah. That was a ballsy mood. That seems like yeah. a real good way to get dead. I, yeah, mm-hmm. if I was her, I would have waited a few months. Yeah, I, I mean, like, wait till this is a done deal. She was, she was like, I, I've got an opportunity. I'm going to strike. And it's going to be real bad for her, I think. Yeah, this does not... I don't think this is going to end well for Colavir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in general, things seem like they've gone kind of to shit in Kyrian. Like, between the Aiel and the, like, Colavir stepping in. And, like, it sounds like there's a lot of other weird stuff going on as far as, like, what is it? The Dark One bubbles are popping up there, right, too. yeah. Which I thought that was supposed to be around the Taveran. But I guess it's just sort of all over the place. Yeah, maybe it's spreading. Things know. are real bad. Yeah. And there's some Aes Sedai in the city, which we don't know who that is, right? No, no, we don't. I think, well, I'm trying to think. So we know that all the Aes Sedai, well, I guess we don't know that all the, yeah, the Aes Sedai the, showed up. The White left. Tower Aes Sedai were in Kyrian and the Saladar Aes Sedai were in Camelin, but the Saladar Aes Sedai came rushing to to Rand. It's possible that not all of the White Tower Aes Sedai left Kyrian because I know that they were setting Kulavir up. Like that's why she's. Oh, yeah, right. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, because yeah. I know they, they were backing her. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I think that's why she's like, I'm going to pop in because. She's got Aes Sedai connections. We're well, like, oh, if, yeah, yeah, he's if fine. If that's who they are, those people are double fucked. <laughs> I know that, that is 
Very true. I think what you said about how the fact that they can just like these, you have these armies and they can just go through gateways is a really good one. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like if that wasn't the case now, Colavera could set herself up. And ordinarily, if an army's somewhere else, like, fuck it, it's going to take months and months for them to get right. there. Well, She's still acting like that. Yeah. yeah. So this whole time, Perrin is mostly worried about Fayil because she's in Kyrian. Which is funny because if I were, I'd be a lot more worried about the people who try and fuck with Fayil because she <laughs> seems like hard, you know? Yeah, and, and her is, is you know, okay, her father's not there, right? He's in Camelin. He's in Camelin, yeah. Okay, so she doesn't have military backing. But, no. and Bane and Shiad a- left her, her little... Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I don't understand yeah. that really. That, like they they say something like, "Well, she's not in short skirts anymore." Basically, saying like she's a grown woman; she can take care of herself. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Chad still knows she's done something wrong because she's avoiding Perrin, or she just doesn't want to face Perrin's wrath. I, I thought maybe they were avoiding him because, like, they're treating they're being loyal to Fael, and Fael's still pissed off at. Him. Oh. oh God, maybe you're probably right. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly it, don't know. I thought it might have to do with Gaul because Perrin is Gaul's bro. Mm-hmm. That and Chiad and and Gaul have this weird uh, relationship where Chiad refuses to give him the mar- the marriage wreath, even though she keeps showing herself to him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's it, it's it's funny because like I I think and, and correct me if I'm wrong in the Ayil culture, if you present the wreath, then you have to give up the spear, right? Isn't that, is that yes? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I mean, like, why would she? Why would that she do that? Shit. Right? Yeah. I mean, I. I, I think that well, okay, so especially right now at such an exciting time. Yeah, oh, totally right. There's gonna be some good ass battles coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, like you get old as a maiden of the spear, your knees give out eventually. I mean, yeah, but like she's in she's in her spear prime right now. She's got like that's true. A yeah. lot of you know. Yeah, and people who do military service tend to age a lot slower too. You know, the the dragon reborn breaks all chains and changes all the customs. Maybe they can just be like spear. Uh, Spouses. I, I don't see the aisle giving up their crazy ass customs. I, I, yeah, they seem they seem to hold those customs pretty close. I, I, I guess I just I feel a little bit like Gaul just needs to get the fuck over it and be like, dude, you got a good thing going here. They want they want to be with you. They just don't want to give up their spear shit. And I, I mean, he wouldn't give up his spear, right? Yeah, probably not. That's true. Why do women have to do it? Yeah, I think he should just like take what he's got here because he's got a good thing going. Mm-hmm. Just ride it out. Yeah, so to speak. i mean it's little i know this is not what they're going for at all but this whole situation with the plural marriage makes me think like another way of saying this is like man she wouldn't marry me and even said i would fuck her friend (laughs) that's exactly what it was but he he means it right that's That's right I don't even like Bane. (laughs) yeah it's like the spice girls say if you want to be my lover you got to get with my friends (laughs) I never quite understood that. Because, <laughs> like, you're not supposed to do that, right? Well, I mean, like, it depends on what kind of friends they are, right? And the, the Spice Girls, they well, share everything. Well, friendship never ends. That's right. <laughs> exactly. If you want to be <laughs> my lover, you've got to give. Just take it too easy. That's just the way it is. <laughs> I believe that's the... You know what the... I feel? Or how I feel? Shit. Zig- I don't even remember. <laughs> zig-a-zig-a. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel. Really, really, really want a zig-a-zig. Ah, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. When you uh, really, really want a zig-a-zig. Because I believe that's from the Karayathon cycle. <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> we found it. We found the source. Uh, so chapter four, Into Kyrian, Icon of the Rising Sun. Uh, the army speed rushes to Kyrian. 
uh, parent is really worried about Fayil. You know, I, I find this a little, a little irritating because Perrin knows what Fayil is capable of. I, I get the idea of being worried, right? Like, he loves her, and if you are if you think your loved one is in danger, you're going to be worried about him. But, like, he seems, like, concerned that she's dead or something. It, it seems like that... And I, I cannot yeah, she, see Fayil dying in this situation. She's a lot better prepared to survive in the situation than he is. Absolutely. Yes, but he's also just experienced a lot of death. So he's probably not feeling particularly hopeful about mm. the state of the world at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Min has a pretty good thing, though. If anyone tries to harm the woman, she'll make him wait out in the hall till she has time for him. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> Min's right. Like, like Fayil knows how to handle her shit. I don't, I don't like Fayil. Like, she bugs the crap out of me still because, you know. But, like, I respect her in a way because I know that she can handle her shit. That that's, woman is fearless. Yeah, That's absolutely. why I like Fayil. Yeah. yeah. She's capable. Yeah, she's absolutely capable. She wears divided riding skirts. So, yes, as mentioned before, Dasheva appears to be super crazy. Yeah. It's funny because uh, Perrin's, Perrin's scent of him is, like, rapidly changing, confusing emotions. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, he's no, incre- that's not good. Yeah, that is that is a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they left the bulk of the army behind and uh, sent just a little bit ahead. Yeah. With which, uh, Rand in a small party. Yeah, this is, this is a... I feel like Rand is getting bad advice from a lot of people. Like the Aes Sedai are saying something like, oh, you know, let us handle everything. And we know that uh, we know from what the Aiel scout told us that uh, the Aiel are concerned about this. We know that's a bad idea. And then a lot of people are saying riding in force, but approaching with a huge army is a good way to like start another war. Right. Yeah. So it seems like he's getting bad advice from a lot of people. He is. Yeah. And I I guess he's operating on his own say so when he decides to go in with a small party. It seems like but he's also kind of like he he's gotten this sort of suicidally brave Harry Potter aspect to him. <laughs> That's true. It's never heard it's always worked out in the past, right? Yeah. You know who might be really good at helping him with tactics? Maureen. Fucking Matt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matt's not good at diplomacy, but he's good at tactical stuff. That's a good point. And I, well, I don't think he's there yet. Like I think where he is right now, uh, he's trying to avoid the kind of thing that Matt would be helpful with. Yeah, this I think this is a politics thing. Yeah, which, you know, so, I suppose Maureen, or Tom. Yeah, or Hello, Tom, he really. sent Tom away. Yeah, right? He could really use Tom at this point. <sighs> yes. And Tom point. is doing nothing. Tom is good in Kyrian, right? <laughs> oh, I'm, yes, yeah. Actually, Tom or Maureen, are both, they're both like good at Kyrian politics. Although, you know, the last time Tom got involved in Kyrian politics, he did assassinate the king, start a civil war. <laughs> that's a very that was good a point. long time ago. Yeah, that was what? Like, that was like six was months ago. That was like months ago. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought we were talking... Oh, no, no, no. He that was the king of remember because the king had his girlfriend killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's right. He probably also killed the the king of Camel or not the king, the prince or whatever. What do they call it? The consort of the oh, queen? the prince consort More of Camel. But that was lady. a long time ago. Yeah, that's that was what a I was long time that ago. Was, that was a young man's thing. Yeah, but more at recently, at least thirty years <laughs> when he probably assassinated. I mean, the, he kills like only one king a decade at most. <laughs> And he's like, check that off his list for this. We're, we're good for a while, right? <laughs> right. Anyway, so Rand rides right into the city. Yeah, as they're riding in, uh, we're starting to see, and and maybe this is something that's that's been present throughout, but it seems like it's becoming clearer the effect that the weather is having on the surrounding countryside. They're they're describing this like these dying trees, these empty farms, these starving animals, and it makes me wonder like how long before this becomes like a real problem. Um, how long before people start starving or turning to cannibalism? Mm. 
and Bran's just gonna be like, "What? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'll start now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start. Oh, hey, Brand, I guess sure. we have to eat some other people. It's been a while since Emmons Field, but I think it's been several months, probably, since Bran got all the people together and had a speech and said, "I see no nothing else for it, but it's time. Is we we got to start drawing lots and just you know eating people. It's the only way for us to survive." And everybody's like. It feels like he jumped to that pretty fast. You like know? We have all these grain stores and stuff. <laughs> we've, got, we've got some warehouses full of stuff right now. And, and Brand's like, nope, got to eat some people. Who's <laughs> first? Not me. Yeah. I have a great recipe for this. I mean, you know, just in case. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, they walk right in the, the gate. The description of the city is great. Yeah. Just, he, he nails this again every time. And, I love the way he sets a scene. And this, this spin on the city, how he walks in the front gate and he sees the different layers of the city as they walk past and the different reactions from people that see them. And I kind of like this whole thing where he just, they weren't expecting him to show up. So he just walks right in and nobody notices it. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, they're letting anyone, like normally you'd have to, you know, um, sign some paperwork or something to enter the city as, as a stranger. But, oh, because of the coronation, you could just walk right in. It's like, Yeah, the oh. gates are open. Yeah, how about that? So they walk right up to the palace where finally someone reacts to this, but it's too late because they use the power on them and tie them all up. I know. I love this because this is this like build up. And to me, this this whole approach was very suspenseful because things are off, right? Like he just, as he's describing it, things are not what you would expect. Like people are quiet. People are like somber and, and, and parents thinking, I feel like there should be a celebration happening. This coronation. And we know from the, from some uh, side talk that the coronation involves like bribery and parties and stuff, but everyone's like really kind of muted. And it's just like, what is this building up to? And there's a moment that happens right at the gate where one of the Aiel, I think, I think parent says, uh, one of the Aiel veils herself. And then the guards like jump, like they're scared. Cause they know what that means. They're like, Oh yeah. shit. The things are about to pop off. And then it just stops. Cause Rand's like, no. <laughs> yeah. They just knock him in the Ashman. Yeah. They just, Freeze them in place. It was like, great. It's not like, even important. I love this buildup. It was really, it was like right, fun. Yeah. And he walks in the front door and like, ah, oh, so I just, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> and uh, they are met by a group of those uh, faux Aiel. <laughs> I know. I, oh. I wanted to call them Fa'il for faux Aiel, but that's. That's taken. Confusing. That's taken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Fa'il. <laughs> yeah. Fa'il. The, the Wanabayil. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I, I know that these were, these people were making me mad before. They don't even make me mad anymore. At this point, I just kind of I'm embarrassed for them a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. They say something about like dance the spears. No, yeah. dance the swords. Yeah, dance, dance, the swords. dance the blades. Yeah, yeah. Dance the blades. We're ready to dance the blades for you. And the eye like just like oh, like god, oh my god, god really? <laughs> oh, well, okay. Are they like oh my god? I'm embarrassed for them, or they're like oh my god? Is that what we sound like? <laughs> Could go either way, really. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like those these are like you know. Those, those, those folks were like, oh, we're, you know, in high school, like, oh, we're vampires. And then like 10 years later, like, ah, I'm a little embarrassed about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that kind of the plot of like what we do in the shadows? They're the fake vampire people. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, they get some news. Uh, these faux Aiel, although their pastimes are questionable, they, they can tell which way the wind is blowing. Oh, they, yeah, they bend the knee to Rand right away. What do you want, Lord Dragon, sir? Welcome back. Good to see you. <laughs> We've been loyal the whole time. Uh, who are we going to kill? <laughs> right. And Rand's like, ah, probably nobody. So where's Colavere? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think his, like, his, his response is actually a little bit ominous. It's something like, what is it? I'm going to find it. There will be no blades. I'm here to see justice done. 
to all who deserve it. It's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's good news for Colifer. Mm-hmm. Dad's home. He's so mad. He's so mad. You're so fucked. But uh, And uh, they, they tell him that Fail is attending Colifer. And Colifer is having one of the, the big coronation parties. And all the nobles are there in the room. All there right now. How convenient. It's it's interesting because we learn, uh, I mean, this is just, again, kind of a side talk thing, but apparently uh, based on where they are in the coronation celebrations, we know that she did it almost immediately. Like, yeah. as soon as he left, she, she was Because they're like three days into it or something. Uh, no, I think nine. I think they're saying this is the third night of this particular subset of the court. It's like a little... Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But either way, yeah, it's like, it's been... it's. So, very suspicious. Yeah. This was not a coincidence. No, absolutely not. So, Rand and his loyalists and his Aeel guard and his handful of murder wizards head in to crash that party. Yeah. Oh, doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to go great for anyone there. Nope. And, but, yeah, I guess I guess Perrin's a little concerned that Fail might have done something that will get her into trouble. Because it sounds like she's a tent, she's, she's sided with Colavir. At least that's well, my interpretation. Yeah, she's she's one of the ladies attending Kolovair, but I don't know if Perrin knows this, but I think we should know that that doesn't mean anything. That she's just she's a big name, right? She's related to the Queen of Saldea. She, she's oh, the okay. kind of person that that Kolovair would keep around her as like a prestige thing. Gotcha. That's what I read. So it's just politicking. Just politics. Okay, yeah. good. Politicking around. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters five through eight of the Crown of Swords. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Micah Sparkman. I don't have any of those things. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the the light light illumine you. you.